Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, Wayne Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors won. Thank God they won by a score of 111 to 108. The Raptors, um, yeah, look, you know, it wasn't a very pretty win. It was, you know, stop me if you, if you heard this before, but the Raptors were playing great. <laughs> we were playing strong. They had a double-digit lead. And then their offense went ice cold, and the Raptors blew that lead. Now, this time, thankfully, they're only 12 minutes in a regulation basketball game in the fourth quarter of an NBA basketball game. And thankfully, they're only 12 minutes. If there were 13 minutes, if there were 12 minutes and 30 seconds in the fourth quarter... Uh, the Raptors probably would have lost this one, but the Raptors pulled it out despite, all right, despite, I, mean, I want you to, you know, plug your ears before hearing this. I don't even know if that makes sense, but the Raptors scored 12 points in the fourth quarter on 5 of 23 shooting, which is 21.7%. That includes 1 of 11 from 3, split a pair of free throws in the fourth quarter. And you would think, wow, with the fourth quarter that bad, did the Raptors choke again? Well, they almost did. They almost did. Um, Luckily, unlike against um, Golden State or against Portland, uh, the Hornets were just never fully able to take the lead because, man, if they did, uh, the Raptors, I don't know, man. It would have been real tough. But Raptors get the win. A win is a win. That's a third win of the season. They're 3-8. and And, um, yeah, listen, let's just start with the fourth quarter. And, and Because, honestly, the fourth quarter was probably the only bad basketball the Raptors played. Well, that's not true, actually. The first eight minutes of the game was also pretty bad. That was with Aaron Baines starting. Uh, but, definitely, the fourth quarter was the worst basketball the Raptors played uh, on ten, uh, in, in tonight's game. And a lot of it comes down to, first off, you got to give the Hornets a ton of credit, okay? Second half of the back-to-back, they're shorthanded. Gordon Hayward's out, you know. Um, uh, you know, and... Uh, He's he's probably helping the the White House you know people move out for the transition there, but um, <laughs> I couldn't resist. Uh, but you know the the Hornets, you got to give them a ton of credit because they're missing Hayward. He he was out before the game. Um, you know they had just come off a really tough loss, and you know this is a team that does does have some talent. And you would think that on the second half of back to back, maybe you know they they fold a little bit, and the Raptors certainly had them in a position to fold. Um, continuing my run of poker analogies this season, the Raptors definitely had two pair, and the Hornets almost, uh, you know, pulled out a straight draw at the very end. But um, the Hornets did not give up. Absolutely, they did not give up. They played a really, really stingy one-three-one zone, and you know, the Hornets almost did to the Raptors what the Raptors did to the other teams all of last season, which was to screw them up with some janky defense. The Hornets put some janky defense on the Raptors, and again, the results. I mean. 5 of 23, including 1 of 11 from 3. Now listen, if you're 1 of 11 from 3, it's always going to struggle in terms of a zone look. You're always going to play into that, and that's always going to hurt. But I just thought the Raptors didn't... Well, a couple of things, and they made mistakes on. One, they slowed the pace of the game down, which was not good. The Raptors played at a breakneck pace for the whole game. 
And I wouldn't even say the Raptors got tired because that's not what happened. Um, the starters didn't play that long. The, the bench actually gave them lots of good production. Um, and so, you know, that wasn't really a case of the starters getting tired. But, you know, the Raptors slowed the pace down, which I think really shaved time off the shot clock. And the zone really make, forces you to go away from your traditional looks of, like, pick and roll, things like that. And so you're just not going to be able to get the regular shots that you have. So the less time you have to operate, the less time you have to pass. And honestly, the more you pass in the zone, I think it does help you out. Especially if you can get it to the middle, then kick it out, and then drive, kick it out, stuff like that. Eventually, the zone will crack. It's not a perfect defense. Um, but the Raptors slowed it down. I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't like the fact that the Raptors had a lot of possessions where they were trying to beat the zone from the top of the floor from three. That is one way to beat the zone, but, I mean, honestly, a lot of it was just, like, Fred will dribble for a while and then pull. And that didn't go well. Fred was 0-5 in the fourth quarter. Not a good game from Fred tonight. Um, you know, Kyle would, you know, try to force his way in. A couple of missed calls, things like that, but, you know, still pretty bad. And a lot of those misses went became transition points. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's fine to shoot threes. I think absolutely in a one, three, one zone, I think there is a weakness, especially in the corner. So if you can especially set up a screen off the ball for someone to uh, get into the corner with the screen to at least block the contest coming over the rotation, coming over the Raptors should have been able to get threes that way. I mean, the Raptors, when they did call timeout during that stretch where the Raptors went ice cold, um, they came out with Norman Powell getting that exact play in the corner where they got a screen from somebody. Norm got open in the corner. The Raptors give it to Norm. And Norm missed because Norm had a bad game tonight. But, yeah, you know, I, I just thought the way they handled the zone wasn't that great. Now, luckily, the Raptors, you know, what they did well against the zone was they got nine offensive rebounds just in that fourth quarter alone. Um, which, listen, I mean, the Hornets were playing Rogier, Lamella Ball, you know, Malik Monk, Devontae Graham, you know, they only played three minutes and 40 seconds of Bismack Biombo. you know, play a lot of PJ Washington, guys like that. So, you know, there's some size there, but the Raptors definitely had more size. And look, the Raptors definitely had more energy, right? Because they had just come out from the West Coast, they had two days off before this. The Hornets coming back, second half of back-to-back. In the fourth quarter, you expect the Raptors to be able to dominate the offensive glass, and that's what the Raptors did. Hornets also got six offensive rebounds of their own, which is concerning as well, but Raptors got second chance points, and honestly, Chris Boucher almost single handedly pulled the Raptors through this this fourth quarter because he was the only player who played all four uh, all twelve minutes in the fourth quarter. He had seven of the Raptors' twelve points. Okay, so that's more than fifty percent, and he collected eight rebounds, including four offensive rebounds. There was one sequence that the Raptors had where it was they had an open shot, they missed it. One of the Raptors rebounded, an open shot missed it. One of the rebounds Raptors rebounded. Another open shot, rebounded, and finally it was Chris Boucher who collected the fourth offensive rebound and uh, got fouled and got sent to the line where he split a pair of free throws. Um, that was a hilarious possession because it felt like every single Raptor on the floor got a rebound, and honestly, they kind of took turns in doing so. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was shaky, and I think offensively, I think it's one of those things where look, a zone is like a curveball. Sometimes you know you, you you know let's say uh, you've been you've been facing you know a heavy thrower the whole game throwing like you know gas like 95 96 97 miles per hour and all of a sudden you know someone comes in like R.A. Dickey and starts throwing like some weird knuckleballs and you're just like struggling with it for a second I think that's what happened with the Raptors I don't think it was like a um a lack of talent necessarily or sort of lack of intent I think the Raptors played with good energy and everything like that even good composure it didn't seem like the Raptors had too many possessions where they were just forcing it but I think it was one of those things where they just kind of caught uh, got caught off guard which Look, Nick, he did have practice yesterday, so I, I, you know, obviously, I'm sure he spent some time scouting and, of course, 
telling the Raptors how to go against that zone. But based on the results tonight, I'll bet you anything that the Hornets' next game will be running a lot more zone, and not just in the fourth quarter. And the Raptors need to be prepared. And Nick is going to call practice on Friday before Saturday's rematch, also in Tampa against um, the Hornets. And I'm expecting for the Raptors to have a better result against the zone. And look, it's a lot of stuff that it's not like the Raptors are a team that is super vulnerable to the zone necessarily, right? They have players who can play in the middle, like Pascal. Even OG, when he plays in the middle of the zone, is okay. Um, you know, Boucher is also a guy who can shoot the three. You have other guards who can slash and make good decisions. And you have decent shooters that you can put on the floor. So it's not like you can't necessarily solve a zone. I just think that the Raptors are caught off guard. Hopefully the results are a lot better when they prepare for it. Um, in terms of the rest of the game plan by the head coach and, and the coaching staff and, and the Raptors themselves in terms of executing it, pretty good. Honestly, pretty good. I thought the Raptors played this game smart. They played this game fast in transition, which, you know, this game, at least through three quarters, reminded me of the Sacramento game where the Raptors played a small ball opponent who really liked to get up and down the floor with their guards, like to fire quick shots, things like that. Um, and the Raptors played... That style, but played that style better than the opponents did. And what I mean by that is the Raptors won the first three quarters, uh, which is fantastic. They built a double-digit lead. They had, you know, uh, let me do some quick math here. They had a 13-point lead heading into the fourth quarter, which is great. Almost, Almost all the same as the Sacramento game. Now, in the Sacramento game, you had Malachi Flynn who really, really stepped up there with a, with a huge stretch there. Pascal was getting whatever he wanted. And honestly, the Kings didn't really play any defense throughout. The Hornets actually played defense, right? So that's why the Hornets are better than the Kings. But, um, you know, I, I thought the fact that the other team invited the Raptors to play in transition, the Raptors sort of fought fire with fire. I like that. I like when the Raptors play fast. That's when the Raptors have looked their best this season, is when they play fast, is when they put defense on the floor who can get stops and then run in transition, just run. And that's what the Raptors did really well tonight. And I, it was, you know, a bit of a strange game in the sense that it was their bench who really, really paced them tonight. In terms of in that first half, when the Raptors got off to a slow start because they had Aaron Baines in the center, just like in against the Sacramento game when they had uh, Alex Len in the center, the whole game's going by them. You know, like not, they have no, they're serving no purpose out there. So, um, you know, you, you take them out, you go small, you go Boucher in. And all of a sudden, the Raptors are just going up and down the floor. I mean, listen, you don't really want to play that fast against the Raptors. Raptors half-court offense, probably not that good. Honestly, if you saw in the fourth quarter, not that good. But if you get them in transition, you get them up and down. They're really good. And I thought the Raptors bench really, really uh, responded to that style. They got a lot of contributions there. Boucher, obviously, every single time he comes off the bench, he's great. Um, I... Th- I would still prefer if Nick played Boucher more with the starters, and I guess Boucher did play a ton with the starters in the second half because he replaced Baines in the starting five to start the third quarter, and he ended the game with Boucher on the floor. But at the same time, Boucher coming to the bench, he seems very comfortable in that role. He's just coming into the game, immediately impacting the game, shooting the three. I mean, there's one three that he took, one of his two threes tonight, which was like a, like a sidestep KD-style pull-up. And I'm not even exaggerating. I'm not even exaggerating. He really did one of those... KD versus LeBron in the in the finals kind of shots. And honestly, Chris is playing amazing. His confidence is just flowing. He's getting to the offensive glass. Uh, I mean, honestly, he's just finishing off sequences. The Raptors are using him in a ton of different ways. The Hornets trapped a lot tonight. Try to get Kyle and Fred to give up the ball. Boucher in the middle of the floor making decisions. Uh, finishing plays around the basket. There's even one play today where a lot of times you've seen Chris, you know, miss finishes around the basket because... 
Um, you know, he's not able to get to the rim and he has his size and really his, the fact that he's so skinny, like people have been able to bump off the spot. I thought Boucher had a really nice finish today, very subtle, but just, he caught the ball. The guy had good post position on him, but Boucher just kind of rose up, almost faded a little bit, but used his length to shoot over the top of the defender and shot a little bank shot. Um, you know, that was a great, nice finish instead of trying to barreling in and kind of um, you know, maybe not finishing the play, you know, uh, rebounding. I mean, look, listen, Boucher's doing everything that you expect him to. Yes, he does miss some rotations defensively, as the Raptors have pointed out. Both Kyle and Nurse talked about it afterwards. However, Boucher is just bringing so many things onto the table, especially in these uh, open court games that, you know, he's been fantastic to start the season. I mean, he had 25 points tonight. It almost feels regular now that he's having 25 points, and I believe that is his career high. Um, for scoring, I believe he matched it last season. This was inside the bubble. Um, I think it was against the Bucks. Yeah, 25 points on 9 of 15 shooting against the Bucks with 11 rebounds. And pretty much that's what he did tonight. <laughs> 25 points, 8 of 12 shooting, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. I mean, Chris Boucher would be, is one of the best fantasy players in the moment. He's really like a diet K, uh, AD at the moment. And he's playing great. Um, I thought the bench as a whole, though, played really well. Nick decided to use both Stanley Johnson and Utah Watanabe together. And that's strange because the two of them have essentially been playing the same role. You kind of have two sides of the same coin there with Watanabe and, and, and Johnson coming in to just give you pure energy for, you know, um, a stretch. And, and then they come out and, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, Nick played both of them at the same time. And I think... One reason why he played them both at the same time is that the Hornets just were getting whatever they wanted offensively in the first half or in the first quarter. They scored 34 points. Um, I think some of that was the mismatch with Baines in the middle, uh, who didn't have a place in this game. But at the same time, I think the Hornets are so good at running these plays where they kind of pitch the ball to one of their wings and then they quickly set a step-up screen, get a mismatch. And then if you don't switch that, you're going to have such a hard time stopping on a dime, communicating, going with the... You know, uh, whoever the driver is going down the lane or he's maybe stopping and shooting. Like, it's just a really, really difficult team to guard in that sense. They have a lot of guys who can attack, you know, and and this is a game where Graham had it going early on. He cooled off. Rozier was unstoppable tonight. And they were getting decent play, especially from LaMelo Ball off the bench. So the Raptors had a really hard time. So what the Raptors did was they switched to a scheme that had much more switching in it. And in order to do that, in order to execute that, they obviously needed some personnel who could switch. And Stanley and Utah Watanabe are incredibly switchable. It's And I don't mean this to, to hype them up. I just mean this stylistically. But playing Stanley and Utah together almost reminds me of playing OG and Pascal together. You have one lanky, lanky boy, and, and then you have one more thicker boy, right? And and that's essentially what you have, is you have the same kind of defensive identity off the bench now, and this is the first time they played together, but the Raptors were able to switch a ton. And, you know, you're fine with whoever is the mismatch. I mean, the biggest mismatch, quote-unquote, would be, you know, Graham versus Stanley or Graham versus Watanabe, you know, or Rozier versus those guys. But those guys have good length. They have good activity. They have good, you know, feet. They're able to switch. They, You know, they're able to do it. And, you know, even when you go up the scale of, like, who is the center that's going to hurt those guys, well, in this specific matchup, it's like Bismack Biombo or P.J. Washington, or, or um, you know, Malik Monk, or not Malik Monk, um, Miles Bridges. So, 
those guys are guys that pretty much they would guard anyway. So I, I like the way they were using them. You know, Nick teased the, the you know night before, yeah, I might play some Stanley at small ball five. We didn't quite play five because obviously Boucher is out there, but Stanley functionally is doing a lot of that same stuff. And um, I thought offensively, that's probably where you're running to issues with Watanabe and Stanley at the same time because those guys aren't really scoring much for you. But I like the way they played tonight. They really maintained the momentum of the offense. They were making really, really smart, quick um, passes. Didn't take time to hold the ball. Didn't take anything really to... Um, uh, didn't really take anything off the table necessarily to um, to slow down um, the momentum of the offense. You know, I think Watanabe has always been a guy who makes really quick decisions, and I think honestly, Stanley this season has done a better, much better job. There's one play where he barreled into transition, turned it over, and it was like a little sloppy and a little ugly, whatever. But honestly, realistically, you know, Stanley has been a good decision maker tonight. Three assists. Uh, and, you know, what's great is that those guys are also occasionally giving you a little bit of offense, right? Like Stanley tonight hit two or three from three, both on the top of the floor. Uh, it seems like he's worked on that shot. It looks a little bit smoother. And honestly, he seems to believe in that shot a little bit more. Not believe in the shot to the sense where he's going to take it all the time, but believe in the sense that, look, if defense is going to sag all the way off of him, he's going to confidently step into that, believing that he will make it. And Watanabe is just an actual shooter, so he's going to take that shot regardless, but... Um, I, but I think more, more than anything else, it's just the defense. You know, when you have Utah diving on the floor all the time, once a game, uh, to, to, get, to, to get to a loose ball. When you have Stanley Johnson, you know, after that play where I mentioned where he turned the ball over, um, you know, trying to dribble. The next play down, he really, really pressures up on defense, bottles up his man, traps him on the, on, on the baseline. And the guy ends up knocking the ball off his own leg. So Stanley Johnson is able to literally get that possession right back for the Raptors. And so I love the way they played together. Um, again, it does remind me a little bit of the Siakam OG kind of dynamic. And that is honestly, that defensive identity and that defensive core, especially that athleticism across the board, being able to switch, being able to play fast, rotate, help each other. Um, they're not quite there on the rotate, help each other thing as Siakam and OG are. Those guys obviously are much more experienced, but uh, physically they have many of the same tools. And I kind of like that look a lot. Malachi came in, uh, hit a three confidently, threw a really, really nice hit-ahead pass. I forgot to who, OG or Boucher, but uh, a really nice full-court transition pass over the top of the defense, maybe to Norm as well. But, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, that was kind of all he did in that little stretch. And, you know, as you would with any sort of bench lineup, you need Kyle Lowry out there. And Kyle did a really good job of... A, pushing the pace with this group. Kyle loves to play fast. He loves to play benches. He loves to play with length and athleticism. He loves to play with guys who will just sprint out in transition. And Kyle was really, really smart in the ways he was manipulating that. I saw even when Kyle was off, you know, because there was so much switching, Kyle wasn't always at the top of the floor as the point guard. He was always also guarding the wing, guarding the corner. And so sometimes he was lower in the play if you just think about you know, where he is proximate to the basket. And when he has an entire defense ahead of him, you could see Kyle on the broadcast screaming and communicating for that group because obviously there's no natural communicator. There's no natural defensive captain. And that's on Kyle to do that. And Kyle leading the group defensively, as you would see from like most centers, to be honest, right? Like what Serge and Mark used to do. Um, so I, I love that leadership from Kyle. He obviously oversaw the group. And then Norm... You know, Norm was there. Norm was there. You know, he took a lot of shots. Um, the, the the second unit really needs him to score. They basically force feed him. And, yeah, I mean, he missed some open threes tonight. So, that kind of brought his scoring down. You know, um, some bad decisions. Definitely drove into the lane 
you know, got stripped, forced a shot a few times, you know, didn't get a call, complain about it, you know, like, I don't even want to talk about it, it's it's, it's a little frustrating, but I mean, I, I think Norm's function in that second unit is important in the sense that if you are going to play uh, Utah, if you're going to play Stanley, and you, and you know, then you're really only down to Kyle, to who's creating shots, and so you kind of need Norm to create offense by always being willing to attack based on whatever situation he has the ball, whether that's open for three, definitely take the three, but if he's also open with a step on his man, try to get to the rim, force his way there, play out in transition. It wasn't that efficient tonight. It made some mistakes, but that's kind of where it is with Norm. I do wonder if you can replace that kind of production and that role with someone else on the team. I do wonder if, like, um, Matt Thomas probably can't do it because there is just no pressure on the rim if that's what you're doing. But I think his ability to space, like, I mean, Norm took eight threes tonight, right? What if Matt Thomas took those eight threes instead of him? Um, you know, even TD has shown us Norm-like skill set, although he makes the same mistakes, and I really don't want to see him on the floor. Um, but, you know, you just kind of wonder. Maybe that's just not a guy that they have the Raptors have on their roster, but um, I, I really would love if they can upgrade that position a little bit. Um, but, yeah, you know, overall it was just, um, you know, it, again, the Raptors were able to defend. They were able to switch. That worked really well. And it's not like the Hornets really ever got into great offense afterwards. Like, even though Rozier was uh, hitting everything in sight and Rozier's had a monster season this year, he's just tearing it up. Um, you know, he's had a 40-piece and stuff like that. Even though P.J. Washington continues to hurt the Raptors, even though LaMelo Ball continues to just be a really, really fun player to watch, and he kind of stitched this whole team together with his 11 assists. Um, but the Raptors defensively were sound, and that's that's the thing. The Raptors defensively were sound. Offensively, they they got into their lull once a game. They're going to go ice cold, and I hate watching these games because of it because you never know when it's going to strike, and it strikes at the worst time, and it almost killed the Raptors tonight. But... Um, you know, uh, at least defensively, they were good. And the Hornets, you know, it's obviously they were missing Gordon Hayward, so that's always going to make it a little bit of a struggle offensively, considering he is definitely their most talented player, um, especially most, most complete player offensively, I would say. They honestly have some pretty good talent. But uh, the Hornets are a tough team to stop, so I actually do applaud the Raptors for, for, for the effort they had tonight. And again, they got the win, so I'm... I'm um, I don't know. I mean, I think you could be critical about a game like this. You know, you can look at some of the shots Fred took, and a lot of them, a lot of them were forced trying to stop a run, and and, and didn't really work out that way. Uh, you could look at you know um, the the fact that Baines got more playing time. I didn't like it. I mean, look, listen, you got to give him a chance because you signed the guy. You you know you have to play him eventually. You don't have that many great center options. But honestly, every time you play him, this guy gives you nothing. Like he dunked today, uh, you know that was his that was his first basket in six games. This is after OG drove the lane, kicked it out or dr- dr- dumped it off to Baines for a wide open dunk, and he dunked it, which was good. I mean, it does prove to me that he can still dunk. But and he drew a charge, which is great because you know he's not actually contesting too much else out there aside from the charges. Uh, but yeah, the Raptors just aren't getting any production from that spot. And honestly, when Baines plays, the spacing on the floor is just so bad. It's not even necessarily just, oh, there's a guy in the dunker spot and the defense doesn't respect him, so guys are coming off of him. Baines is just not even reading what other guys are wanting to do, and so he's getting into people's way. He he looks like a stranger with this group, and maybe that's because he hasn't played with them that much, I guess. Obviously, he wasn't with the team last season. Um, and he's been benched a lot, but he's been benched because he's looked like a stranger. And listen, you had training camp, you're a vet, 
you know, fitting with the Raptors shouldn't be that hard necessarily. And it just has not worked out. And the Raptors benched him. Um, I think that was a big part in Pascal getting out to a little bit of a slow start. Pascal obviously been feasting in the paint in the last few games. Wasn't able to do that. The Hornets also went into a zone. And it's a little harder for Pascal to post in a zone. Things like that. Um, so Pascal didn't have as great of a night as he normally does. Um, but I really do think that uh, if you take the center off the floor, it's going to make it. I mean, it's just night and day. As I mentioned before, you know, when Pascal was really great the last five games and he was really thriving. It was not a coincidence that in those five games, the two centers basically played like five to eight minutes a game. Like, that's what the Raptors need to be doing. Uh, unless Baines starts hitting the three or starts finding any chemistry. But that has just not been there for him. He had an open corner three tonight. He missed it. Um, I thought OG was quietly pretty good. I really enjoyed what OG gave them. I mean, first off, three steals a block is always nice. Um, the Raptors just had a lot of activity defensively tonight. I mean, you had six blocks and 13 uh, steals as a team, um, Pascal and OG both giving you three apiece on the steals department. Um, but I just like, honestly, that first off, OG really carried the Raptors offensively to start. And OG's never going to carry the offense because he's not going to create most of it. Um, you know, it was two threes that he hit, and then he also made a smart cut to the basket. Kyle found him. He got it open for a dunk. But I do like the occasional moments where OG is able to drive, handle, and attack a little bit. And, I, I you know, I'm... Not that surprised when he does it and succeeds anymore. I think he's just genuinely got to a point in, in his handle where if it's attacking a closeout, OG can do it. OG can do it. He can get into the middle of the floor. And then he's a quick thinker when he gets there. You know, he's really good at finding the big and the dunker spot. Uh, but he makes good decisions generally. And I thought, you know, he had one play where he, he broke down the defense at the, at the point of the attack on the perimeter. Got to the middle of the floor. Drew a foul. Got free throws. These small little tangible improvements, I know there's not much. We're not expecting – it's not like the huge breakout kind of thing you're expecting from OG, but I think he's been real solid offensively the last few games. I really like the rhythm that he's played in. I like the shots that he's taking. Um, and, yeah, his, his three-point shooting is coming around. That's good. Um, yeah, so I, I honestly think you – know, look, it, it is weird that the Raptors play the Hornets once again um, on – Saturday, the Raptors obviously played the Hornets twice in preseason, so that's within the span of a month. The Raptors would have played the Hornets four times. Uh, we'll see what happens if Gordon Hayward comes back to the game. I do think the Raptors are pretty good, well equipped to guard Hayward, especially if they play more small. But I think main, the main thing for Nick is just you got to you got to make sure that the, the the team is prepared to play against the zone, and I'm sure he will do that. He obviously is a very smart coach. So, uh, in terms of your three stars tonight. First star, I'm giving that to Chris Boucher. 25 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. There's a case to give this to Kyle, who was also really good. And Kyle had the best plus minus. But listen, Chris started the second half, played the entire fourth quarter, and again, he scored 7 of the Raptors, 12 points in the fourth quarter. Pat Scott, the other 5. Collected 4 offensive rebounds in that stretch. And so... Listen, that hustle, that activity, that energy has been great. And honestly, where would the Raptors be this season without Chris Boucher? I mean, they honestly might be 0-11. Like they, it's, it's that bad. So Chris has been really great. 25 points, matches a career high. 10 rebounds, 2 assists uh, in 30 minutes. 8 of 12 shooting. Very efficient. 7 of 8 from the free throw line. He accounted for more than half of the Raptors' free throw attempts. So I'm giving it to Chris, man. He's playing great. Uh, Kyle's getting the second star. 16 points, 6 rebounds, 12 assists, 2 steals. 6 to 10 from the field, 4 or 5 from 3. Um, definitely played a little bit more in control of the game. I think this season it makes a little bit more sense. You know, there's always a bit of a balance between Kyle and Fred. Who's going to be the goat? Who's going to be the scorer? Who's going to be more of a shooting guard? Who's going to be more of a point, point guard kind of playmaker type? And I think they can both kind of do both roles. But I do think this season Fred 
should be emphasized a little bit more as a scorer. Now, Fred didn't really deliver tonight. 6 of 20 shooting was not great. But on most nights, Fred has really shown an ability to score and give you tough buckets too. And I think Kyle, you know, sitting back in that sort of playmaker mold, getting his threes, playing out in transitions, you know, um, pulling the strings of the whole organization is what the, the the role has proven to be best for Kyle in the last three years where he's been the most successful in his career. Um, you know, getting the number one seed, getting the championship, and then, you know, last season getting the second overall in terms of wins. Um, I think that's the role that's best for Kyle, and I think Kyle really did a, a good job of, of doing that today. There were other games on the road trip where Kyle would really try to take over offensively, and that's that's fine too, obviously. You know, I think he led a huge comeback in, in Golden State that just fell short. But at the same time, you know, there are some times where he asserts himself and it just kind of looks a little out of place. And I think it looks a little bit more natural with Fred or, or Pascal being emphasized as the scores. But I thought Kyle was great. And then your third star, I mean, you can go a number of places with this. Honestly, I really do want to give Stanley another uh, third star. But, you know, it, you know, it, realistically, he wasn't the third best player tonight for the Raptors. So I will give that to Pascal. I think, you know, 15.7 rebounds, four assists, three steals, a block. Uh, 6 of 15 shooting wasn't great, but I think the spacing was pretty bad. 2 of 6 from 3. He missed one open 3. Didn't get to the free throw line really that much. Only one free throw, but played good overall defense. Again, in the fourth quarter there, I think, especially against the zone, get it to Pascal in the middle of the floor a lot more. Um, But I thought Pascal was solid. I really had no complaints with the way Pascal played, and I thought defensively he was good too. So those are your three stars. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award uh, winner, uh, that's got to go to Lonzo Ball. And honestly, I mean this with all due respect. He, you know, I don't mean any disrespect with the Gerald Henderson Award. It's a prestigious award. If you knew what Gerald Henderson did to the Raptors, you would know how much of a compliment it is to to be given this award. Um, yeah, Lonzo was uh, Lamelo was great, man. Lamelo was great. Honestly, he's such a fun player to watch. He's such a kind of almost a breath of fresh air, to be honest, because so many guards nowadays are so uh, shot focused and Lamelo does take shots too like for sure like I think that's just how the game is played today you can't be a Ricky Rubio never take shots only try to pass you're not going to run an effective offense that way because you're not putting enough pressure on the on the defense having said that though balls passing I mean we saw it in preseason but man he he just he has eyes on the back of his head like he literally makes he makes passes that are like that take not just talent but like genius to to make some of these passes um, and he's so much fun to watch as a passer. Um, and I, I really enjoy this style of player where, you know, if you see most modern-day point guards, their score focus, I mean, you don't even have to look beyond the Hornets roster, right? You have Rogier and you have Graham. Those guys are both score-focused. The two of them took 31 shots tonight, right? And Lonzo, uh, I see Colin Lonzo. Lamelo, he took some shots, too. He took 14. So it wasn't like he didn't take shots. He even took more shots per minute than those guys. But the way... You know, Lamella was operating in that pick and roll. It was it was honestly beautiful to watch. I have a lot of fun watching this guy. He plays defense. He plays unselfish. And you know, the big difference for him is that you know he is just such a nice passer. That he makes everyone else around him work. I mean, like Malik Monk hasn't been good in years, and he was good in this game. And a lot of that was you know Lamella creating for him. You know, Miles Bridges getting him getting him dunks. Uh, I mean, he by the way he he caught Boucher. He really caught Boucher. It wasn't quite James Johnson esque because there wasn't as much contact, and Boucher isn't as big as Andre Drummond. But it was oh my goodness, it was a nasty dunk. It, by the way, that was that was Pascal's fault. That wasn't Boucher's fault. Pascal fell asleep on the on the corner on the, on the uh, player in the corner, and Bridges snuck behind him. So that's really on Pascal more than it is on Boucher. Um, but yeah, I love watching Lamelo play. 
I, I'm not quite a Lamelo stand, but I I really love players of his of his uh, stature of his ilk, and it's fun, man. It's really really fun. So, um, you know, it's so much fun that the Raptors get to watch and play the Hornets again on Saturday. Hopefully, it's the same result and that it's a win. I will take any win at this point. I really want to criticize them, and. I don't know. I think I'm maybe just a little bit relieved. Obviously, three and eight is the record. Raptors nearly blew this one, but I think the Raptors play a lot of good basketball. I think they're finding some combinations. Definitely love to see the Utah Stanley combination again. I think those are the two guys I'm rooting really hard for at the moment, along with Chris, honestly. And you know, the bench is actually doing nice things. So um, I'm excited. You know, it is what it is. You know, you can't really complain about um, a bad win when they're three and eight. Listen, the Raptors have had a lot of bad losses, so I'll take a bad win at this point. So. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, I'll be back on Saturday to uh, to recap another Raptors-Hornets game, the fourth game of the month between these two teams. See you guys then. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.